Hey, what is up, everybody? Ray back with another edition of the Nerd Wave podcast. We didn't make one in last week. Uh, just had way too much going on project-wise, and we were working on a lot of uh, cleanup for the Aurora pilot. Had some other things happening, and we did a lot of recording sessions. So at the end of the week, there just was not enough time to get a, a good episode in, and so I apologize for that. Really wanted to get one planned last week, but honestly, you know, earlier in the week, there wasn't a whole lot to talk about, in my opinion, but, you know, that uh, that all changed uh, pretty quickly. I mean, there were a few uh, cool things that dropped and everything, but I'll get right into it. If, uh, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're into nerdy stuff, then you most likely already know, it's been a few days, uh, Chadwick Boseman passed away on Friday. He'd been battling, apparently, colon cancer for like four years. Um, and, yeah, it was kind of a shock. He didn't tell anybody about it. And, you know, nobody really knew. It was uh, kind of heartbreaking, honestly, uh, to, to see that and to see the outcry, the outpouring of people and their support and their love for the man on social media. And, you know, of course, he was Black Panther. But the first thing I ever saw him in was Get On Up, that James Brown movie. Uh, that was incredible. I think that came out in like early mid 2010s, something like that. But uh, yeah, he uh, he was brilliant in that. He's a brilliant actor, great human being, uh, just an excellent representative uh, of humanity. And he was outspoken for people in the African American community. He meant a lot for them. And you know, I can't stress enough. Now, I do a lot of comic book shows. Uh, last year, I did something like 15 shows. And every show you go to since Black Panther came out, uh, he uh, he inspired a lot of youth, a lot of people of color to kind of be proud, carry themselves with pride, carry themselves with uh, honor. And you see it in the kids that come to those conventions, and they're dressed as you know Black Panther or or Shuri or, or something, you know, and you hear people say a lot that representation matters. I mean, that's that's what it is, you know, when, when kids and even adults, you know, they go to these things, they want to dress up, you know, they it, it's good to have people that represent you, you know, and he brought that. He brought that to the forefront. And he, him along with the entire cast and production crew of that movie, they really made something special for the African American African American community and for people of color all over the world to be proud of. It wasn't anything stereotypical, it wasn't anything negative. It was something proud, it was something powerful, it was something beautiful. And he was at the forefront of that. He spearheaded that. And not only that, but he was uh he was a really good dude. He was a really good guy. He was um uh, there's a YouTube video of him speaking at Howard University, which was really, it's, it's really touching. It's really good. The, the guy was, you know, he was a great ambassador. He was a great representative. He was a great man. Uh, people have, I've always had nothing really great things to say about him. Uh, so he'll be missed. He really will. It was, it was a shock to me. I mean, as soon as I saw it, online I, I pulled my phone out and it was like trending it just blew up i saw twitter instantly i had five people message me all at once like can you believe this i was like yeah it's kind of a shock so uh godspeed to chadwick boseman 
uh, hope uh, healing and, and goodwill to his family and friends and loved ones and those who knew him. It will be um, it will be a big a big a big hole there basically. And honestly, I don't know I don't know what they you know as far as like the future of the movies. I've seen a couple of people talk about that. I don't even know. I don't even know how you would handle that. I really don't. I mean, you know they're going to want to make more Black Panther movies, but I mean, it's like, I don't know with that. I mean, how how do you? I mean, I don't know. I guess it would come down to what the fans and everybody truly want, you know. I would hope they didn't make like a like a tasteless decision in any way, you know. Like writing him out of the movies or whatever. You know, I, I don't want to get into that. That's just gross to think about right now. But the man will be missed. He was an amazing representative for uh, people of color all over the world. He um, and that that role, that character, meant a lot to a lot of people I care about. You know, in a deep way that I'll never understand or I can't understand. And uh, for that, I thank him and I thank his family and those that loved him and everything for sharing him with us. And he'll be missed. So. fantastic start to your week um thank you for tuning in we got a few things i want to get into actually some some other some cool things happened uh some other stuff that kind of came out uh last week being last week uh may have been actually last weekend um but we'll get into that but first off uh let you all know a little bit what i'm working on i touched on it earlier still working on that aurora pilot we got a lot of cool stuff going on. I have been working with some amazing voice actors. I can't wait to share that with you all. We got some news coming. Well, that new trailer is coming at the end of September. So about a month we're away from that new trailer. Uh, it's going to have those voices front and center on there. I can't wait to share that with all of you. Uh, but that's what I'm working on. Uh, I want to get back into doing some Twitch. I want to get back into doing some streaming. But right now, honestly, people, I'm just so I'm too busy to do it. I haven't played anything. I haven't played any video games. Uh, I've just done a little bit of YouTube stuff here and there. Uh, I did a YouTube video on that Resident Evil Netflix series. They, that stinker, that news they dropped. We're going. Oh yeah, we're going to get into that. <laughs> we we are going to get into that. Trust me. Believe you me. We are getting into that. But first, let's talk about that trailer for the Batman. Let's talk about that. That that trailer, you know what? It looks amazing. I say the trailer looks amazing. I We haven't seen the movie. The trailer looks really cool. To me, the trailer looks like it could happen between Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. It looks like, it, well, I guess it's supposed to be, right? Because it's supposed to be his second year as Batman or whatever. But, um... I've always thought that a Riddler, since I saw since I saw Christopher Nolan's you know first movie with the way he did Scarecrow, the way he approached the Scarecrow in that movie, I was like, you know what, the Riddler would be really cool as written like John Doe from Seven or like the Zodiac Killer or something like that. That would be a, a dope way to do the Riddler. 
and they're doing it. And so that for that alone, everybody was like, oh, man, Batman's beating up a dude. I'm like, yeah, he, he beats up dudes. You know, that that wasn't anything special to me. But the Riddler and nobody, nobody's been talking about the riddles in there. Like, I forget exactly what it is he says, but the trailer opens with him saying something like, you know, something, something, let's play a game, just me and you. And it rhymes. And I was like, it was creepy. You know, I was like, oh, man, that's what that's what I want. That's what I want. I want a crime, a detective story with Batman. And the Riddler is perfect for that. He is perfect for that. And I've got this theory just from the trailer. <clears throat> at the at the end of it, the Riddler is saying something to him. And again, I'm paraphrasing, but you know, Bruce Wayne's something like, "What's that? That doesn't have anything to do with me. That what does that have to do with me, or whatever? Or what does this have to do with me?" And Riddler says something like, "Oh, you'll know, or or you'll find out, or or, or you'll you know, you will, or something." You know, I think. <clears throat> I think this is going to lead down a rabbit hole and Matt Reeves may actually get into some court of owls stuff, which is crazy to think about. I think the Riddler is leading him by the people he's taking out. I think he's leading him down this rabbit hole of, you know, exposing to Bruce Wayne that his parents were part of all this corruption in Gotham and whatnot. And I think the Riddler knows that the Batman is Bruce Wayne. I think the Riddler might know. That would be that would be really interesting. But, you know, the Riddler, I think he has so much fun with I think he has so much fun with it he wouldn't let it out that Bruce Wayne's the Batman. But I got a feeling that he knows because there's that scene in the trailer where Batman saves that kid, like from that that SUV ramming into him. And then the guy gets out of the, the truck. He's got that, you know, basically he's got a letter for Batman taped to his chest. And he's looking right at Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne's looking right at him. I was like, oh, there's a lot going on here that we have no idea. We have no idea exactly what's happening here. So the cast looks amazing. The uh, Matt Reeves is going to kill it. I think he's got a really strong feel for for what it needs to be. Uh, and again, you know, it's really dark. I, I've, you know, I would like to see a more not not lighthearted. I would like to see at some point them do Batman running with the Justice League and like, you know, giving Booster Gold some shit. You know what I mean? And like coaching him up and more lighthearted stuff in a way. But I really feel like that for the movies, I don't think we're ever gonna get that. Because I think the movie companies look at this one way. I think they look at it like Batman's dark, Superman's good, blah, blah, blah. Cut, watch, repeat, two and a half hour movie, put it out. I think for the next 10 years, I, I don't think we're going to get a lighthearted Batman within 10 or 15 years. I just don't think it's going to happen. So I'm looking forward to this. This looks really good. I think that uh, I think they're going to kill it. I think they're going to kill it. This this feels like it's going to be something really special. So I'm looking forward to it. They also did the, uh, at the DC Fandome, they did the Zack Snyder cut for Justice League. 
I'm interested. Steppenwolf already looks immensely better in this. He already looks so much better in this. It's not even it's not even comparable. Some of the little shots they showed, uh, Barry saving Iris. Uh, I thought I don't think that was in the original, so that was pretty good. I liked that. So there were some little character touches here and there that I really liked, and I'm interested to see where it goes. The shot where they're all lined up at the end of it, it it reminded me of the uh, the old animated series for the Justice League that used to be on Cartoon Network in like the early 2000s, mid 2000s. It reminded me of that, and I like. Like I got lighthearted in my chest a little bit. I was like, "Oh wow, okay, that's cool looking. That's cool." But we gotta we gotta wait and see. From what I understand, it's gonna be four hour long episodes. Basically, they're gonna break it up into like it's gonna be mini series, one hour each, four of them. I think that's gonna tell the whole story. So, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, the the image. I guess it was an image they showed of Dark Side in that trailer. I was eh, eh he he. To be, if I'm being honest, if I'm being 100% honest, if that was Darkseid, the final look for Darkseid, it, it wasn't like some them imagining something or whatever. They got work to do on that. They got a lot of work to do to make him look good. If that's what the final Darkseid looks like, they got work to do. But if it was just a situation where they're just hypothesizing or imagining, you know, this is what it's going to be like when he gets here, like exposition or like a prologue or something like that, then okay, you... Then that's fine, but so we'll see what they do with that. I'm really, I'm really interested to see what this new version of all the the DC Warner Brothers stuff looks like now that it's all pretty much going to be on HBO Max. I mean, DC's falling on some pretty hard times uh, since AT and T bought them, and they're talking about cutting out the comics division. And I'm like, it's DC Comics. You bought a comic book company, and now you want to cut out the comic book part of it. I don't understand the logic there, but I mean, I guess they're just going to capitalize on the properties. Comic books have been hemorrhaging money for years now. You know, piracy is not helping the issue any, but you know, it's I don't know. I don't know if there's any saving that industry, and a lot a lot of it has to do with just like you know these publishers and. No new ideas coming out, and you know, I think things get stale, and people stop buying, and people stop showing up. You're always going to have your diehards that have, you know, certain titles in their pool folder, and they're going to get them every month. They're going to pay the three or four or five dollars every month for six to ten. I don't even know how how much they are anymore. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the the industry's a mess. But kind of the, the glimmering light of that is. You know, independent comics. A lot of people out there doing their thing in independent comics right now. That's really, that's really taken off because they, if you're doing stuff independently, you're doing your vision unfiltered by a staff over your head, like some kind of like editorial department telling you to change this or change that. You are the editorial department. You make your vision, good, bad, or indifferent. However, it turns out, it is how you want to make it. So I think people are really gravitating towards that and have been for a few years now, especially with things like Kickstarter and uh, Indiegogo and different Patreons, stuff like that. You can support people through there and get comics. So I think that's where a lot of people are going, and rightfully so, because I think I, I really think that's the best way to support people in comics if that's what you want to do. You can pick and choose your creators, and big companies like 
you know, the big two, Marvel and DC, they're feeling the heat on that now. They're really feeling the heat on that. Because for years, to get into comics, you had to know somebody. And if you didn't know anybody, you weren't even sniffing the front door. You know, I can't tell you how many times I submitted, you know, a different idea here or a different idea. Well, I can tell you. It's less than 10. It's probably like eight or nine times, you know. But the point is, there are people out there who submitted two or three things a week for years and can never get in the door because they didn't know anybody because they weren't somebody's cousin who wanted a job. Oh yeah. My cousin Leroy, he, uh, you know, he, uh, he, he was a pretty good artist back in uh, second grade. Let's give him a shot at, uh, you know, drawing X force or something. <laughs> you know, Let him do, let him do the pencils on a couple of backgrounds. Yeah. We'll give him a job. Cause it's just like, no man, you got, you got great creators lining up at the door to get in and work on your stuff. And, you know, so they've kind of done it to themselves. But anyway, I could talk for hours about that alone. But I won't. But we'll, we'll call it there. But anyway, uh, we'll see. We'll see what this new DC, Warner Brothers, HBO stuff looks like. It's off to a good start, in my opinion. You know, they've got, uh, they've got pretty much, I think it's pretty much the entire DC Warner Brothers catalog on there now, as far as like the video stuff and everything. And they've got some things planned, so I'm I'm interested to see where it goes. It'll it'll be interesting to see where this goes off to. So before we get into our next topic, I want to give a quick shout out to my newest Patreon subscribers, the Infinite D Rock and Ethlyn Morley. Thank you all so much for the support. Really appreciate it. It goes a long way. Uh, and it makes me feel good when I see those uh, new Patreon subscribers pop up. It makes me, gives me fuel to get in the studio and work when I just want to sit around and eat some Doritos and watch some HBO Max. So uh, <laughs> thank you all for the added motivation. I really appreciate it. So the next thing I want to get into here, and it might be the last thing I get into here, I did a YouTube video the other day on the Resident Evil Netflix series they're wanting to do. The Wesker Bunch, I guess you could probably call it. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I, I kind of got into a little bit of detail about why I didn't like the idea. And Netflix, don't get me wrong, Netflix cranks out bangers all the time. All the time. And we might be totally wrong about this. The, the, the writing, the series, and this... Okay. This new Netflix series might be good. This new Netflix Resident Evil series might be good. Here's why I don't like it. Okay. I don't like it. Because as a fan of this franchise for 20 plus years, you have had infinite, infinite chances to just give us the live action version of the story that we all love. Just do the mansion. Hashtag just do the mansion. Let's start it. Hashtag just do the mansion. I'm serious. You've got the story right there. By God, I wrote a script. I wrote a script like 15 years ago that I lightly tried to, to get out to people or whatever. But I wrote a script for a two, uh, two and a half hour movie 15 years ago. It was, about, it was 2005. I wrote this script 
for all this stuff to happen, you know, and I, I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that to say this. If I did it, I know there's thousands and thousands of other people out there who did that too, who are creators, who are a fan of this franchise, who are like, you know what, I could, this is the story they need to do. Just do the mansion, do some backstory, do some character stuff. Resident Evil is really fueled, unlike a lot of horror franchises. A lot of horror franchises, okay, they have different characters that pop up each installment, whether it's a movie or whether it's a game or something like that. You know what I mean? Especially horror movies. It's about, it's about the force of nature in horror movies. It's not about the survivors and stuff like that. It's about Jason, Freddy, Michael, you know, Leatherface, uh, you know, Pinhead. It's about, it's about all these other characters. It's about the, the antagonistic force, the force of nature, the tornado, the earthquake, the, the serial killer. You know what I mean? Um, it's not about the characters. Resident Evil is about the characters. When they show a trailer for a new Resident Evil game, you're going, okay, where's Chris? Where's Jill? Where's Le- is that Leon? Is that, you know, is that Claire? Oh, is that Wesker? Is Wesker back? You know, I mean, it's it's about the characters, okay? Those movies... Yeah, they sprinkled in some characters, but they weren't really the characters. You know, I mean, when Chris Redfield finally showed up, great actor playing him, but too little too late, you know? They put this Alice in there. We had no, who? Who? Come on, man. So I feel like that's the route they're going with this Netflix series. It's Albert Wesker moving his daughters to New Raccoon City. For one, the only kid we know that Wesker had was Jake Mueller. Okay, so and I don't I don't recall the games ever talking about him having a family or anything like that. So now he's got two daughters who didn't exist in the story canon. We okay, so and this is my problem. We have so many characters who the live action stuff never ever touched on who were good characters like Barry Burton, like Rebecca Chambers, you know, Sherry Birkin, Dr. William Birkin. Now you had all these characters who are great characters who the live action stuff never touch on. And now Netflix, whoever's writing this, it's one of the supernatural writers, uh, which supernatural is great and they got a good writer on it. But the premise is it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And it doesn't work because it doesn't make sense. They are tone deaf to what the fans want. What the fans want is something loyal to the series they love. They want to see the mansion realized in live action. It is fantastic horror. It is perfect horror. It's isolated. It's it's mysterious. It's intimate. It's it's horrific. There's so many different elements that make that first game story so good. And Resident Evil 1 Remake that came out on GameCube back in, what was it, 2001 or something like that, is one of the greatest games ever made. Still holds up. I did a playthrough of it recently on Twitch. Still holds up. Still great. It gets ported to every system when a new system comes out. It's like it's like Resident Evil 4, but it doesn't get the critical acclaim Resident Evil 4 gets, but it's still amazing. Point being... Live action stuff completely disregards that story. I don't know why. If it's a Capcom thing, they won't let them make 
a movie about the mansion. I mean, there, there have been numerous directors and writers attached saying they want to do the mansion. We're doing the mansion. Oh, yeah, we can't wait. We're going to do the mansion. It's totally going to be the Resident Evil 1. And then nothing happens. The project either disappears, gets scrapped, or becomes something else. Like they did that, uh, Netflix was launching that Resident Evil Arclay earlier this year, last year, something like that, and it got canceled. It just got dropped. I mean, it seems doomed. Resident Evil seems doomed for live action, honestly. The closest thing we got to good Resident Evil movies are those CGI movies. And that third one wasn't that good. But the, the first and second was Degeneration and I want to say it was Damnation. Those were good. Those were pretty good, you know? So I really dug those. Um, my favorite Resident Evil character, one of my favorite characters, period, is Jill Valentine. And I just like, one of the only live action highlights of Resident Evil was Jill Valentine in Apocalypse. That was it. That was it. I can't remember the actor's name that played her, but she did a phenomenal job. And I said in that uh, YouTube video I did that the, uh, the closest that franchise ever got to being Resident Evil was the church scene in Apocalypse where she's she's slowly walking down the cameras behind her and like that third person view, it's panning up behind her. She's got the gun out. She's got the Jill Valentine walk down. You know, it's like she's strutting. The shadows, the lighting in the church, everything were perfect. And then she was coming up on that zombie preacher eating, I think it was like a, or that priest eating like a nun or like a, something like that. But that was the closest that series ever got to being Resident Evil. Closest it ever got. And to feeling that, the atmosphere. That's the, that's the closest it ever got to the atmosphere of those games. And again, this Netflix series, it, it might might make me eat crow, but it probably won't. It probably won't. It's probably going to be another wasted millions of dollars, flush it right down the toilet, instead of taking that money and investing in something that you know is going to be good. Do the mansion. Let a creator do their take on the mansion. This was my pitch. Like when I wrote that script... And no, I might put that online. I might put that online for a free download for everybody to check out. I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what I'm going to do on that yet. I, I want to do something with it because it's just sitting on my computer. But um, I pitched that, you know, it opens with, you know, Barry uh, Burton finding Chris Redfield, who just been dishonorably discharged from the military. Uh, he's looking for work. He tells him about the stars thing they're doing in Raccoon City. He comes in. You know, the first... The first, you know, 20, 25 minutes of the movie, you're getting to know the stars members, Bravo team, Alpha team, you know. They're, they're, they're doing drug busts. They're doing, like, SWAT stuff. They're doing some SWAT shit in Raccoon City. You know what I mean? They're, they're doing their thing. They're kicking down doors and doing their thing. But the whole time, you hear secret conversations with umbrella executives and scientists and stuff with somebody and you don't know who it is. Because there will be a lot of people who see this that have never played Resident Evil. They're not going to know that Wesker is the big bad. But that's who these people are talking to, right, the whole time. So then, first Bravo team goes in. And you could, you could do three or four episodes just on what happened to Bravo team when they got there. We have no idea what happened to Bravo team. Like, bit for bit. We didn't see their story. You could do that story. And then they lose contact with Bravo team. Alpha team's like, all right, we got to suit up. We got to get up to the Spencer Mansion. We got to get up there. We got to do our thing. We got to get out, whoever we can get out, find out what has happened and what is there. Alpha Team goes in, and then you tell the story of the mansion. You know, there's a lot you can do. There's a lot of meat you can chew on there. 
and that's nobody's ever done it. I just, it's baffling to me. It's like I said, it's one plus one equals two. It's not calculus. They are making this harder than it has to be. Resident Evil is some of the best horror ever made, and it's a fucking video game. That, you know, it should be a movie. It should be a great horror movie. And they won't do it. I mean, are people afraid of making good horror movies these days? I think they are, for one. Because I've seen a lot of the horror movies that have come out in theaters over the last five years, and they've mostly sucked. This would be a good horror movie. This would be great. This would be great. I mean, it's there. It's right there. It's all written. Those first three games are phenomenal. Phenomenal. Those first three games can be a trilogy of movies. But I would do it like this. Resident Evil 1, I would have it be the mansion. Resident Evil 2, I would make Nemesis. I would make Resident Evil 2 Nemesis, and I would do Resident Evil Part 2 of Leon and Claire. I would do that third. Because it's like three acts, right? It's like three acts. you got the opening act, shows the beginning of the, the outbreak. Then the second act, you see the outbreak at its height. You see, you see Raccoon City falling into disparity and destruction and mayhem and anarchy, right? And then the third act, it's like the quiet piano piece at the end of the at the end of the, the great ensemble or whatever. It's true survival horror in like a uh, uh, in a city setting. I think that would be great. Netflix got the money to do it. They've got all the resources in the world to make whatever they want. Somebody at some point has got to make this movie. It's not the Wesker Bunch. You know what I mean? It's not whoever's heading up the Wesker Bunch. The Wesker Kids. You know what I mean? Yeah, man, we're going to make it hip. We're going to make it like, you know, two girls in the city and they're Wesker's daughters. And then, like, they're, they're coming to terms with, like, the, the horrible things their father's done and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, what? What? Come on, man. Why can't it be... Why can't it be two girls who already exist in Resident Evil? Why can't you do a story with like Jill and Rebecca Chambers going to like some some like rural out of the way place to investigate something and it becomes like another outbreak scenario? Why do you have to make it two characters? If you want two females in there, totally cool. You've got the females already that exist in Resident Evil to do that. It's one plus one equals two. It's not calculus. And people, people get this fucked up, man. People, you know, people get like, you know, they talk about fans like, oh, well, why are you gotta be a fanboy about it? I'm not being a fanboy about it. I'm, I'm saying this already exists. You couldn't do this stuff if the marketability wasn't there. The marketability for this franchise is there because we put it there. We fans bought this stuff. We buy every remaster, every remake, everything that comes out for a franchise. You should be catering to us first. You should be taking into consideration what we think first. Because if it wasn't for the Resident Evil fans, this would just be Nightmare Creatures. It would have ended after two games. Nightmare Creatures is dope as fuck. I love Nightmare Creatures. El Mobo, the, the composer for the Nightmare Creatures soundtrack, 
one of the best horror soundtracks I've ever heard in a game is that first Nightmare Creatures. But it didn't it didn't sell like crazy. Who bought all those copies of Resident Evil 1 and 2? The fans did. Why does Capcom have a whole wing of their studio that's devoted to you know, you know Squad 1, Squad 2, Development Team 1, Development Team 2 for Resident Evil? It's because of us. You know what I mean? So at least take into consideration what the fans want when you're doing these things. Not, I had this vision of Resident Evil where we we look at Albert Wesker as maybe a middle of the road, not so much of a bad guy, but a father. Well, let's explore Albert Wesker as a father. And no, shut the fuck up, man. Albert Wesker is dope as hell because he is a dope bad guy. I don't want to have sympathy for Albert Wesker. I don't want to like Albert Wesker. I like him as a fan because he's a dope bad guy. I don't I don't want to know a sympathetic story for Albert Wesker. He's a monster. I'm not supposed to like him. But I like him because he adds a great antagonist <laughs> He adds a great antagonistic aspect to a great horror story. He's a badass villain. That's why I like him. I don't want to explore the psyche of him as a father. Fuck that. I don't want to, I don't want to watch that. So you totally missed the point. Like whoever is writing this shit, they've totally missed the point of why Wesker is a cool character. He's not cool because we want to get to know him, get to know what he's like as a dad and what kind of dad he was to the girls growing up and everything. No, I like him because I want to punch him in the face. <laughs> I like him because I want Chris and Jill to get their comeuppance on him. That's it. That is it. These these executives and stuff, they just don't get it sometimes. You know, or a lot of times they don't get it. I just I just wish I hope at some point we get the Resident Evil live action adaptation that we deserve. Because I I was excited. I was really excited. I was thinking that this might be it. When, when the rumors and the news about this started breaking, something was in development, something was in development at Netflix for Resident Evil, and people were putting out those fan-made photoshopped uh, posters of Resident Evil on Netflix, and it was like the cover of Haunted Mansion, but they took the Haunted Mansion uh, marketing stuff off of it. They put the Resident Evil logo and Netflix at the bottom of it and all that kind of stuff. I was getting excited, and the fans were too. That's why they were putting that stuff out. Because oh man, Netflix is getting it. Oh man, we're finally we're finally doing it. They're finally doing it. Nope. Nope. Not doing it. Not doing it. Unless this is all a hoax, and that's bullshit too, because just be straight. Just just come straight with whatever you're doing. You know what I mean? No no bullshit. No nothing like that. You know, I've been I've talked about the Final Fantasy VII remake stuff with, you know, People saying stuff like, oh, well, they're just giving misinformation on part two to keep the mystery going. Bullshit. Bullshit. They don't know what they're doing. Don't give me that bullshit. And if you are doing that, double bullshit. Because you need to just come straight with the fans. You don't have to tell us everything's happening in your production. Just shoot straight with us on what you're doing. That's it. Resident Evil, Netflix, I'm going to watch it. I'll watch all of it. I'll probably do a review of it. But the thing is, I'm not excited about it now. And I have to read that synopsis. 
that totally took me just out of it. I think most Resident Evil fans that I've talked to and they've left comments on the video that I put up are just like, yeah, I'm right there with you. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck are they doing? So, anyway, we'll see. We'll wait and see. As all things, we'll wait and see. But uh, I guess that is going to be a wrap right there. There are a few other things I want to get to this week, but I don't want these podcasts to be way too long. I might do some YouTube videos on that other stuff I want to talk about. But these are the big things um, that I was kind of thinking about this week that I wanted to talk with you all about. I'm really interested to see what happens with this DC stuff and HBO, uh, the Batman and you know this resident evil stuff i'm just not looking forward to resident evil netflix at all so hey at least at least we got the witcher baby at least we got the witcher we can watch a few hundred more times <laughs> i hope they get back to work on that soon because that first season of the witcher is dope i can't wait to watch more of that henry cavill i thought he killed it as Geralt, and of course you know again rest in peace rest in power chadwick boseman you know you will be missed. Your portrayal of the Black Panther will be missed by many, many people. That's a game changer. That, that movie is a game changer. Him, the way he did with that character, game changer. It meant a lot to a lot of people. So I'm going to leave the podcast this week on that note. You all have a great rest of your week or a great whole week. The whole week's still in front of us. <laughs> you all have a great week. Keep rocking. I will catch you all hopefully very soon in another video or live stream. So. Take care of yourselves, be safe, be healthy, be good to each other, and I will see you all next time I see you.